Welcome back, episode 115 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett. Brett, how's it going? Oh, well, you know, this city of Buffalo is cursed uh, for sports. Um, I can't believe that I got to watch a wide right uh, field goal kick again. Um, it's unbelievable. Uh, this city just cannot see a championship season, um, and it will not. And... Um, you know, I've always been a sucker for the the bad luck teams. Um, you always hope that when you root for a perennial loser that eventually you're going to see, you know, the glory days where it all comes together. Um, but really all you ever get is more pain. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. That's right basically now. it. The Bills lost today, Berkey, uh, in a sport called football uh, in the National Football League. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. I'm aware. Okay. Well, last time I said the Bills, uh, you were like, is that NBA or? What? <laughs> I'm like, I know I don't have some knowledge, but you're like, yeah, not, it's not that bad. <laughs> fair. It's not fair. that bad. I'm just, I'm just ornery right now. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm not happy about that, but hey, the Rangers won though. So that yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone needed that. Everyone like, yeah, there are so many things to talk about with the problems right now. But like at that point I was like, everyone just needs a win. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone just needed a win. I mean, like, I was ready to go on a rant on this podcast. And then, wow. like, that win, I was like, okay, like, at least, like, things have somewhat settled down to look. Like, that was dominating third period. And, like, I mean, what? This is, Anaheim only had, what, 18 shots on goal? It was a dominating second, too. Right. It, it was more of that just when the Rangers made mistakes, they were bad. Which has been the story of this, this uh, I don't want to call it a drought, but in this downturn that we've been in for like the last, what, six weeks now, something like that? Yeah, yeah, five weeks, yeah. Something, yeah, around there. Um, I mean, that's kind of been the story of it, is that it isn't that our team is totally collapsed, totally forgotten how to play, haven't shown up entirely. That That's not been the narrative. It, the, the narrative really has been just that they've, made mistakes that have cost them that they it seems like every time they make a mistake they pay for it with a goal in the back of the net and it also seems like we've hit that that same thing of you know a lot of people are talking about our 5v5 offense which is still a fair criticism to talk about for sure we still are overly reliant on the power play to win games um but i, I don't see a team that is just like has just not generating chances five on five it's just we're not bearing anything i mean God, the last like three, four games, it's been like how many posts have we hit? How many oh, times has somebody fanned on a shot where there's a puck all across the air? Dude, he's been so snake bitten. You know, I, I mean, thought Kako was had bad luck last year, but Lafreniere said no, no, I I could double that this year. Easily, easily, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, while they, I'm not trying to say they've been great five and five, and and and. You know that they've been dominating in that that, that field at all then they haven't but um the narrative would look a lot different if they had a little bit more puck luck if they if they clanged off a few fewer posts and hit the net instead um i'm not seeing a team that is just like completely struggling to generate um struggling to generate goals for sure chances no i'd argue the middle of the net though i mean the middle of the net has been has been I'm not going to say it's full on perimeter play, but man, there's only one person crashing the crease or if all players go, go and crash the crease, they're all going to the same area. Like that's not the point. If 
the puck goes a little to the right, none of you are getting it. And it just seems like when they go into the zone, they're easily pushed off the puck. It's it just like they're they're just like I don't I don't know what the word is. Um, passive. I mean, passive's not really. It's not like they're not physical. It's just that they're easily knocked off the puck, or they're not winning any of the physical battles. And I know we're not. It's all about grit, but that's that is an element of the game. You got to be physical, and um, it's just they're not in the middle of the ice for some reason enough. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Um, I've always kind of wondered just with how many times you see a puck, uh, you see somebody take a shot from the point, hits a goalie. So often it goes directly to the sides of the net, and I'm I've always like, why isn't it an ethic that like if you're not screening or even when you're screening, once the shot is hit, to go directly to the sides of the net for a tap and goal. I don't know how many times a puck skates around. I'm not just talking about the Rangers. I'm talking about in general in hockey. I feel like there's like a positional thing happening where if you go into the front of the net, what happens is that, yeah, you might get a screen and that's good. I'm not trying to say don't screen, but you're going to get jockeyed a lot. You're going to get pushed around. Your stick's going to be lifted. You're not, you're not in a position that even if that puck kicks straight out to you, more often than not, you don't get a shot. And if you do, it's a flailing little thing that, that goes straight into the goalie. And I'm like, I would love to see, and I, I'm not a coach, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff on the X's and O's, but to me it always seems like it'd be great if once the shot's taken, you immediately are peeling off to, right to the sides of the net for the tapping goal because I see so many rebounds that skate out that way and there's no one there, and, you're, and it creates that huge sound in the crowd where everyone's like, oh, because you see the puck skating across right. the crease. Well, I guess it's like there's a 50-50, no which one right are you now? going to? Which side are you going to? Like, it, it's not – you can't always see the rebound where it's going right away because a player's blocking you. Oh no, I, I no, I get that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying proactively going to those places. Um, as oh yeah, no, I, I have no idea system. then. Yeah, no, I got, I got nothing on that. It's um, and, and what is you, with all three Rangers? If they crash the net, they're all going to the same area. Like, yeah, what is one? What does three people do that one person can't do in that? specific area you're supposed to spread out a little bit across the crease or or, or yeah. right out of the crease like i, I don't I well don't that's what that, you're saying the same thing i'm saying is that like i don't see the point of everyone being like kind of like right right, in right. the in the, in the middle yes oh i don't mean i mean yeah. also between the red dots also yeah but they you know i don't see i don't see people posting up like to the left and right of the goalie is what i'm talking about i mean like there's so many times where I just see them with the puck coming into the zone or in the zone and they just get knocked off so easily. I'm like, what is that? Not enough upper body strength, I guess, really. I, but I mean, we, we haven't had that problem all season. It's not like they lack the strength. And I'm not saying it's not an effort issue, but it's just like, I don't know. Um, what else could it be then? I, I honestly don't know. Frustration, overthinking, where you're trying to... I, I, I honestly have zero answer for it yeah i mean to me i see a guy getting knocked off the puck like that that's like a physical issue it, it's not it would be if you've had that problem the whole time well what were they doing differently before they were they were really good at that until like mid-december remember we were discussing how every uh very tight game where it's very physical and it's a battle in between they're always coming out on top they're not doing that 
do you mean just like in, in like board battles and things like that or what board battles in the middle of the in the middle of the ice anyway anywhere any form of physicality is i mean i'm not going to say everywhere is terrible but in the middle um pro entering the zone is probably a big one and probably right, right in front of the net well, you know, Joe, Joe McLeary just says that you just got to dump it in and, and go out, go after it. That's that's the that's the uh, silver bullet for every single thing. Time the Rangers aren't playing well. I mean, like they don't dump even... it in, chase after it. That's like that's yeah, it's his evergreen advice. So Joe McLeary says every single. Hey, listen, time. if Joe McLeary's saying it, you got to try it. <laughs> they never really seem to listen to him on that. No. I see we are we are so bad at the dump and chase. We really are. We're so much what better. What happened we... to the one three one? Well, I don't know what happened. I made that post on Twitter this week. I was like, we were playing a one three one and also what, what was just the one three it wasn't just the one three one either. It was we were playing a one three one and we were also aggressively attacking the puck carrier. We were giving the puck carrier very little space. And now all we do is back up, back up, back up, back up until we're basically at the goalie. It's it's the red carpet all over again. It is. It is. And it's 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 something that is it's part of what is causing a lot of the mistakes because you can't just you the new the NHL these days, you know, as we discussed with with uh, uh, the goalie guy, uh, Kevin, the goalie guy, uh, that they're too talented now. They're way too talented. If you give them space, you give them time, these guys, even third and fourth line guys are good enough to be able to absolutely light you up. So when you back up and you keep on trying to play that kind of defense, you're going to get lit up in this league. That's what's going to happen, and that's what's been happening. And what worked at the beginning of the season was not just the 1-3-1, although I do like that as a system, but it was that we were aggressively challenging the puck carrier every single time. Um, it's something that Laviolette really needs to address with this group because I think it is this core, it's their default mindset is to is to play a contain style where you just kind of back up, back up, back up and contain and try try to take a pass lane away or whatever. That doesn't work. No, that I mean, look, this, this team will worked. never, this team, everyone has had to accept this from the beginning because it's known. This team will never be elite 5v5. What they can do, though, is try to, minimize though the chances against through great defense and great goaltending and then take advantage of your opportunities and build off that they're not below average 5v5 this is what's going on right now it's a bit horrendous but you gotta with the team that's average 5v5 or maybe a little above average ish you gotta make sure you're set on your defensive end because you can't outscore you're not the toronto maple Leafs that could just score goals on will right you're not Edmonton, that is Connor McDavid that could just decide, you know what, I'm scoring two goals tonight, right? Mm. It's, and it's just like, was it versus LA? It was versus Vegas. The, who scored in the, in the front on the power play against the Rangers? Like, that was a basic thing you learn in like peewee hockey, how to kill penalty. Like, they left him all alone in the middle. Do you, do you, do you know which one I'm referencing? Yeah, uh, wasn't that one of Marsha Show's goals? I'm not sure whose it was. I think it was. Could be wrong on that, but I know where they just left them all alone. Yeah, he just snuck in right in the slot, and there's three of us just like standing around. If it was a mistake because like, the player was like an elite guy, and he like had a great play. Like, okay, but it's just like this is just basic stuff. No, they're they're they're, they're allowing 
guys to come into the zone uh, and set up unmolested, which is just something you absolutely cannot do on a power play. And again, it's the same ethic of what I'm talking about on five, five on five that's changed too, is that we're playing way too passively. We're playing passive defense. We're playing a very contained style defense. And that wasn't what we were doing at the beginning of the year, which looked so good at the very start. The very start of the year looked like, oh, we're going to be out there aggressive. And, and what happens when we play a team, you know, like uh, like Carolina that has a very aggressive forecheck, that is very aggressive against the puck carrier. They were very good against us, uh, even on our power play, where they're just like, no, we're just going to give you absolutely zero time to think, to move, have zero space. I'm not going to give you any time to look around the ice. You're going to have to get rid of this puck in less than a second. Good luck. And that is the style of defense that I've seen. Basically, every consistently winning team in the NHL for my entire life, even as the game has changed so much, that is the ethic of defense. I've never understood a penalty kill that's passive. I've never understood it. I don't understand regular defense that's passive. That that shit does not work. It never has. In in any form of hockey that's ever existed, except for like the uh, except for like the '90s, uh, uh, where you could just like play a full-on trap and limit shots to like nine a game because you could just hook hold and interfere with everyone you wanted to. That was about the only time in hockey history where you could play that passively and not get absolutely cooked. But it's only getting worse. As the game gets more, and players get more and more talented, get better at shooting, get better at moving the puck, the more passive you play, the more time you give anyone, the more fucked you're going to be, and that's the way it is. And so it's, it is a concerning trend to see us regressing back to that solid defense. And it's something I really hope Laviolette is looking at. It, honestly, like in the coming into this game after they split up two goals to obviously Adam Henrique, I was like, you know, like it, I'm not one of those people that it's all over. Let's panic out of you. But it just felt like one of the things you're probably not fixing this on the fly. The all-star break could not come at a better time. Refresh, go on vacation, whatever you got to do, regroup and built from that because i mean look we, we all needed uh the rangers needed this and we all needed this win tonight but there are these defensive problems that's just i i don't know where you start but some of it might just be taking a step back yeah i mean you can hope anyway i mean I, i'm not super doom and gloom here i think this team uh can turn it back around and you know a win like tonight was a was a great way to try and get a little bit of the vibes back going again i mean as, as sam said at the end of the game man three out of the last five feels a lot better than um three losses in a row that's that's for sure yeah i, I was just trying to look because i had a thing of stats and of course i can't find it now which is uh wait vetrano and ryan strom did not score tonight right I don't think so. Both my bets got screwed over. That sucks. Uh, uh, yeah, no, because Adam Henrik scored it. So yeah, I guess, that, was, yeah, I guess that makes up for it. Yeah. Dang it. Why didn't I pick Adam Henrik? That, that's just such an obvious Because I didn't tell you to, to make that bet. So. Oh, did, did you make that bet? No, you should check in with me, though. But, but I'm saying, it. like, did, if you didn't make bet, it, then who's to say you would have told me to do that? Well, I've, I'm just saying I'm – the last two games that I did bet, I, I, I'm up like 280 bucks right now. Yeah, that, that was a nice bet with uh, Kako and... Um, yeah. No, not not Kako. Mika and... Howden. Yeah. yeah that was good. When Howden scored that empty netter, I'm like, I don't want to celebrate, 
Oh, that was the only reason I was still watching was that like... game was, was please, please. Oh, yeah, that was an amazing. I'm like, I don't want to celebrate, but at least I stayed up to, to like 1230 or 1 in the morning and I, I, I got money. So. Yeah, exactly. That was that was huge. Yeah, that's what gambling is for, to keep you interested in absolutely nothing blowing games that you should turn on. I, I One thing I don't get is, and, and I don't get why people are upset about this, because it makes zero sense. Why they didn't at least try Miller and Fox and Lingren and Truba? And before like, anyone like, loses their minds, like, they could always switch it back. Yeah. And it, it's before the All-Star break. Things are shaky anyway. You might as well use this time to experiment before the All-Star break. Yeah. And that's it. And you have some idea saying, hey, maybe this worked. Let's continue this. Or or you just switch back and say, okay, we just got to fix the defensive issues as is no switching the lines. I just, I don't, I don't get that. I, I don't get why they didn't even try it. I think, you know, the... What I would guess is that they view Fox and Lindgren as something that you can't tamper with, and they don't see a way of rearranging Truba, Miller, Schneider, and Gustafson in a way that makes any more sense. But I think you have to. I think you have to get Truba and Miller away from each other. Um, they, I mean, did you, I mean, you sent me Truba's player card this yeah. year. Oh my yeah. God, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. And when Miller is having a, a regressive year, you know, in basically every front, um, the two of them are so often on the ice for defensive breakdowns. It's now, fair to criticize them or, or Miller, the one of Miller and his Banajad, but it's another thing to be like, trade them, uh, they're a bust, or they're not working out. Like, people got to pump the brinks there. It's, we've seen well, what I, they are on their, at their best. We've seen that they can be good. Like the reason, the reason, and I, I see this a lot. Like, what's the difference? Why can't? Why is it okay to say something about Goodrow or Truba or Benino, but Condre Miller and Mika people get upset about? Well, I, like criticism is fair. That is fair. But you kind of get a bit of credit, right? Like when you play good for a certain amount of time and you go through a bad stretch, like when Shesterkin was going through that best in season, right? If he he had that little stretch, very little, that he wasn't playing well, he, he let up like seven goals last one night. Are we complaining about that? No, because it's like kind of a credit, right? He, he's played so well for a certain amount of time. We understand this is just a slump. Now, it's fair to criticize Mika. It's fair to criticize Miller, but it's a bit different than certain other people that just have not been good in general. Well, sure, but that's the, the culture that we're living in now. Oh, no, no, is... I, I'm not, I'm not um, expecting more. I'm just explaining how idiotic it is. Oh, no, no, I'm agreeing with you that, but it's the culture that we live in right now that um, everything is a tribalistic sort of thing. Everyone, every, the, this is, we're living in the death of nuance. They're either the savior of New York or you're trading them. Well, exactly. It's it's the extreme and it's either, it's either defend players no matter what all the time and everything's fine or it's trade everyone all the time and, and anything in between, you're going to get attacked from one of the other side. Yeah. And, it's, and it really shouldn't be that hard to understand that, like, you can both love a player, love a team. You can think that you want to want them to be better, but also still at the same time criticism. Like, that is that is just a huge – that's a huge basic tenet of being a sports fan is to be able to evaluate somebody's play, discuss it, talk about it, think about it rationally without going to one extreme or another. And, yes, you can criticize Mika when he's – hell, 
it's fair to criticize Fox this year. Fox has played very poor and lazily defensively for huge stresses of this year. Now, he's been injured, and I, I, I suspect maybe that has something to do with it. But there are times where his play seems rather disinterested, and he's not – like his first year well, – I, I hope year, it's not injury because they were playing solid without him. Like it's not like they were panicking and they needed him at that moment. So I, I really hope it wasn't that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I kind of hope it is because that's, that's, I think the, the, the other well, – I, yeah, I guess I guess the other – yeah, I guess the other – you the other want that reason yeah, it's almost that, and and part of me does kind of feel like it's possible that him winning a Norris was not a good thing for his career. Like I feel like he kind of maybe let up a little bit because I remember his first and second season. It wasn't just the highlight reel passes and things like that. It was, he was reliant little, everywhere. It was he was everywhere. not making a mistake. There's only one no. person I've ever been more reliant on, and that's just because. That was all he did. It wasn't really that much offense. It was Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, and before then, Ryan Leach. That's 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 how I felt about Leach being on the ice. Like it's one on one, and Leach is back there. I'm like, this guy ain't getting. Like thrown. we like, feeling with Fox when he's on the ice. We're like, all right, we're not giving up a goal. No worries. Like yeah. we don't have that feeling anymore. And which is why it's like it's. I get Lindgren and Fox is this known top uh, defensive pair, but. You got to let go eventually. Eventually, either the other teams are figuring it out or just the chemistry is dying down or hell, maybe they just need to reset and separate for a certain amount of time. Who knows? But yeah. if it's not working and it, the thing you're going to do, you could always switch back to. It's just like it's. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't. That is what I don't get. If you could always go back to it. Why why not just try it? It's yeah, not- you should you should you should give it a shot. And and I also just really do think that Lobby Led has to find some way to get to, to get to put a shot in the arm of Fox because I see play out of him pretty regularly where if he would have made an, an extra you know an extra effort skating to a puck, he would have made an extra effort, if he would have tried to do another move, he would have been able to make a better play. And I think honestly he's relying too much on his IQ and not enough on his effort. I think he's been lauded for being the smartest player in hockey, and he and he is. Um, that he's resting so much on that that he thinks now intrinsically that he can just predict the play and make the play, um, but he, he he can't do that all the time. And sometimes all you need is brute force effort. And I don't think he's trying hard enough a lot of times. I think he's overly reliant on his high IQ. I I also had a thing regarding uh, Mika Zibanejad. Um, how when he's coming into the zone, man, he gets knocked out the puck so easily. Yeah, well, he does. But that's always been the case. It's a bit worse than usual. Well, he's not handling the puck as well as he was. Right, I guess not. Like, he's been able to, he's not, he's not winning any physical battles, but he's been able to brace himself where he's still able to handle the puck. Like, yeah, he's coming exactly. in with enough speed where he'll just bounce off them. He might be a little wobbly, but he'll handle it. Yeah, and he's no longer doing it. He's losing the puck a lot more. And that's That was happening, I noticed that last year, too, that he didn't look, well, hell, like, EA NHL still has his, uh, his like skill thing as being like magnetic puck, you know, the puck is just like no. magnetic to his stick. And I'm like, that's not the Mika Zibanejad I know. Um, he is a there are a missile. lot of habits. I'm sorry for interrupting. I was just like, there are a lot of habits that the top players have been having that have gone more problematic each year with Panarin. Well, not obviously, but with Panarin starting to become more perimeter, less, I'm not gonna say less physical because he was never really that physical until this no. year. But he, to a certain extent, he was never going to the middle of the ice anymore. He was his 
shooting problem. It was like a tad problem at first, but got worse as it went on. With Mika Zibanejad, he kind of, again, went more to the outside or bumped off the puck easier or refused to go to the middle of the ice or even attempt something to cut to the middle. And Panarin seemed to have uh, reversed that and, in fact, gotten better. And it's just yeah. – does Mika have to go bald? Is that it? Is that the solution? Yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Why, why do you let you drag, drag him into a locker room just and have – Take out the shaver. It's time. Yeah. 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 Why not the whole team though? I mean, that, that we're talking dynasty. Maybe for playoffs. Yeah. I, I think just rip it all off for playoffs. Uh, let him grow the beard and then everyone can be a Joe Thornton. I mean, bald, we, huge beard. Yeah, I know. But we'd, we'd be unstoppable. All yeah, bald. Absolutely. Like you saw how Panarin, Panarin is now. No chance. No one well, had it. If, no one if had this it. is next step Panarin, what is next step Mika's advantage at? Well, you know, if we did that, though, the that Batman would immediately outlaw it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He'd pull Lou Lamorello. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Lou Lamorello, I told you this, but uh, I want to know, like, you know, there's a Lou Lamorello rule, you know, that you're not, if if for some reason you organize an event or anything that you're able to go to the, on the Islanders ice uh, at UBS Arena, you're not allowed to wear another team's jersey or hat or anything with their logo on it. Soft as shit. You're not allowed. That is the most baby Sarman soft, Sarman soft bullshit that I've ever fucking heard. Like what? I, I can't. I like. I'd be embarrassed to try to enforce that rule. Like, oh no, I'm sorry, wrong team. You can't have that on here. Like, I would get it if like. I was told it was a league rule at first, and then someone told me like, no, they just told me it was a Lula Morello rule. I'm like, that, that well, makes more sense. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, but that's stupid. I would understand if it was like an in-game thing, like you're a guest, you know, uh, and they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to wear an opposing team thing on the ice during the game. Or like, it's like if you're doing a charity event with the players or something, like that can yeah, be disrespectful yeah, yeah. or something. But like if it's just being on the ice and it's like, no, no opposing teams, uh, uh, jerseys, colors, I'm like get out of here. That's, that is, to me, that's not a cool, like I'm sure there's Islanders fans would be like, yeah, that's right. That's what we do. I'm like, no, that's that's actually pathetic. It shows how soft-minded you actually are, that you can't handle that. It's pathetic. It's. Uh, what do you expect from Islanders fans, though? That's true, and I, I can only imagine how brutal it's going to be if they start doing well under Patrick Roy. It, it won't. They won't. But uh, like, imagine the amount of people are saying, "Oh, we should have won with Wa. We should have won with Wa." No, I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. I think he's going to blow up again, but we'll see. Him in a Tortorella game? Oh, that's that's gonna be must watch. <laughs> that's gonna yeah. be must watch. When is that? Like, I, I gotta look at the game because that's gonna be that's gonna be great. I can't wait for the Flyers to come back down to earth, though. It's gotta happen at some it's point. A, it's eventually gonna happen. Like, I've accepted the Bruins aren't gonna come down. Just playoff time, they're just gonna get knocked out. But I mean, the yeah, Flyers. I mean, the Flyers eventually, right? I mean. You got to think after the all-star break, at some point there's going to be a collapse and they're going to lose like 12 or 14 games. And and then we this. could get Morgan Frost. And then we can get Morgan Frost. It's so frustrating when you need something so badly and one team doesn't even use it properly. You're like, just, just give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even playing with it. Give it to me. Exactly. Uh, but Larry Brooks mentioned uh, in his article, I, th- he, this was no source. There's no anything. It was just him saying, this is just me, but I think that Hito will be back during the January 28th to February 4th bye week uh, slash all-star break and start to practice with 
the team in short order, presuming he is medically cleared. Um, I mean, again, this wasn't sourced. And then also Hedl was shown with a picture of Yamir Yager on Hedl's Instagram. It, it yeah. doesn't seem like it is promising just through all the signs that Hedl does have a chance this season. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, we're like, not only this season, his career might be uh, at risk here. Um, Still is, but yeah. But it makes it more complicated now because when people are saying, let's fix this team right now, um, unless you know Hedl is 100% out for the regular season, you have zero cap space. Zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. when you get to the trade deadline, you'll trade, say, uh, one of your bottom nine forwards and another bottom nine or whatever it is. You, you'll maybe be able to get $1.5 million, 1. $1. million. But it's just... It, it, it's rough. I mean, maybe after the All-Star break, there's more clarity. But it's just like, what do you do? I mean, well, Dickinson, first of my, my top trade deadline target, obviously resigned with Chicago because Chicago is giving $4 million contracts like Halloween candy. It's like, can I get one? I Well, it would be great if I could get one. What if let's just, I'll just throw out a complete pure hypothetical. What if there was like a West Coast team named after like a Disney movie franchise that just traded away a puck moving defenseman that has tons of cap space? That would maybe take on like I don't know like some sort of like 3.6 million dead cap bottom six winger whose name might rhyme with Smarkly Schmushmo, um, in exchange for him and absorbing the cap and you know a puck moving defenseman that we don't have any room in the lineup for, name like uh, Jack Zones. You know what if what if that was a reality? I mean I thought you were going to talk about Trevor Zegers. What? I thought you were going to mention Trevor Zegers. No, no, I'm saying like I know what you're saying. I know, I know what you're what saying, if, but I, I thought you were going to go. What if we send an asset with Barkley Goodrow to a team? No, I know, I know, that, I got it. I got that. I, I got, I got that. I, I got that. And then, and then that that gives us. I mean, between Jones and him, that gives us. That gives us what? What? Another, wait, like, wait you're, so you're taking Gustafson out? No. Wait, wait. I'm confused. Who, who, who are we getting back? We're not getting anyone. Oh, this is this is a pure cap them. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I'm saying we use Zach Jones, who we have no we have no need for. We're, he's not going to crack this. He, he, he's traded. He's traded trade deadline. I mean, absolutely. He, he has to be. Otherwise, it's just stupid. This is the time where he needs to go to a team to see if he can do something. I think he's a talented enough guy that a young team that just traded away a puck moving defenseman could use him. And they have, they're not going to give a shit about Goodrow and his 3.6 cap hit. Like, what are they going to spend their cap money on? Like, come on. So, like, send him over there. Like, hey, sorry, we just beat you. Will you take Barbecue Goodrow off our hands? We'll give you Zach Jones for the pleasure of doing it. Thank you very much. Now we have, like, $4 million to play with at the deadline. Yeah, I like it. I love it. And I know that I've, I've heard, I think Vince said that they don't want to attach an asset to get rid of Barkley Goodrow. And I'd like a million dollars. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Exactly. So you're just going to, you're just going to ride that contract out and ride his poor play. Well, here's the thing. You also also need, you also have to have a team that's willing to take it on. It is another three years. Yeah, I know. What's Anaheim doing the next three years? Also, also Goodrow has a modified no trade clause. Oh, that's right. Anaheim's on that list. What is it? It's like a 12 team. Well, you, you could switch it every July 1st, right? I believe so. 
Well, we, we're not talking about July 1st. We're talking about... Like, Usually, uh, I, I, from what I heard, I remember someone saying, I don't know if it's on 32 Thoughts or whatever it was used. The Ducks have at $17.5 million in cap space right now. I remember... The uh, third lowest salary cap in the league. A lot of people's modify have. no trade clauses have like all Canada teams on it. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, it makes sense. And what? Just, and then you have to got to take out Arizona, obvious. And then... I mean, at least with Anaheim, you have like nice weather, I guess. So like out of all the bottom teams, that's going to probably be one of the last ones you take out. Well, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you would. Okay. It's a 15 team, no trade clause. So it's like half and at the that league. point last year, they were had dry still. Zegers wasn't uh, underperforming. Might be good. Just didn't have that on. You would think if it was 15 teams, you probably would have them on the list. So. I think it's... I, I, no, it's 15 teams. Oh, it's 15? Okay. <clears throat> so roughly half the way. Well, but you figure, yeah. Well, who would you pick? You got Arizona. Okay, that's that's definitely one. Uh, Calgary. I mean, man, there's got to be one bottom team he didn't put on there because you, you can't just put everyone. So he probably said no Buffalo. Maybe maybe you're hoping, hoping maybe no Chicago because... They suck, and maybe he didn't want to work yeah. for that terrible organization. You're hoping all Canada franchises. Columbus, Arizona. Everyone has Columbus. San Jose. No, not San Jose. Why? Can what you go mean? back to – if you go back there, you mean? Yeah, he might. Okay, fine. So we'll say five. Uh, Winnipeg, that's, that's, that's five. Flyers. Calgary, Calgary seven. Edmonton, Seattle, New Jersey. See, there's no way. Anaheim's on that list. Anaheim is on that list, okay? I'm looking. There's no way on a – if it was like a 12-team no-trade clause, I think there's a passing chance that maybe he's like, oh, I live in sunny Anaheim. So San Jose, San Jose would probably be it. <laughs> San Jose he would... wants to go back to that dumpster fire, though? I. It, it's just it, it's, um, it's just the most likely of the bottom teams. I'm not going to say it is, but they don't have that much cap space to burn, though. What do you mean they got rid of Carlson? Oh, they retained some of Carlson's twelve, but they got rid of Burns's. Right now, their current cap space is four point two million. Yeesh. I know. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, well, Logan Couture came off IR, so uh... yeah. So you're basically looking at like the Predators, the Ducks, the Blackhawks, and the Sabers are all. Yeah, we're screwed. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that conversation. This is, by the way, this is why you don't hand out no trade clauses to media. I mean, to bottom six. He's never been anything else but a bottom six player. You shouldn't even hand them out to star players. In fact, I wish that no trade clauses weren't even a thing anymore. Um, like pretty much period. Or if they were, that was like you could pick like a. They were limited. Like you can have a, a, a like a, a no trade clause. And the list is only eight teams. Like that's the most. Like there's only eight places you're say you're allowed to say I'm not going to live there, and everywhere otherwise you just have to suck it up and deal with it. Normally I'm an NHLPA guy, but like I, I've, this trend of of that happening is just terrible. It's terrible for managing hockey, and it leads teams to having stagnant rosters that they struggle to fix. And I I just don't like seeing. I hate stagnant rosters. I hate seeing a team that because one GM for a couple of years was acting like a moron, 
means that this team now can be like sandbagged for years going forward when they want to make a change and they want to get fresh blood in there. It's bad for the league. It's bad we, for what, teams. What, bad for I remember what we were what we were hoping for is what was it after after the bubble? Wasn't it like a risk of a lockout happening or something like that? Or like um, what happened last time is everyone had a complimentary buyout or something like that. I don't know if that's what it's called. It was basically they were to buy out someone without a penalty. I'm like, please, 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 please. Like, oh yeah, that'd that would have been that would have been yeah, nice. But uh, we can't nice. even afford a bag of Doritos. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look, like, look. I, I I think the panic is an over a pure overreaction. I get it. They're not playing good hockey right now. Uh, no, it's disappointing to watch. It yeah. sucks to watch. And it's not just a few games, but it's just like. After the All Star break, if they are still doing bad, then 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 it's then it's time to talk. But until that happens, I I'm just it's just a matter of frustration, just because you know I'm watching and I'm not just enjoying it. Yeah, I mean that, that really is, and it's fine. To, it's totally fine to be frustrated. It's fine to voice your criticism of how you think we could be better. All that's totally fine. Um, I don't think the full on doom and gloom is necessary because. This team is still very capable of making a cup run. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, this type of midseason slump is the kind of thing that, if handled correctly, can be the kind of thing that pushes a team forward. Um, it was not very likely that we were going to cruise on at the same pace that we started off the year with. Um, and that's fine. A little bit of adversity is good. That's how, that's how you grow in, in life and sports anyway. Is uh is through is through trials through bad times. If you're going through a rough time, know that that's how you grow as a person. That's how you can grow as a player and as a team. So I'm hoping that this lull in uh, our, uh, our excellence is just one of those things that actually makes this team stronger, makes it better, makes them learn what they really have to do. Because um, you you don't need a team peaking in December. You you need no. a team peaking in April. So yeah, you want to get hot at the right time. time. We got we got time to get there. Yeah, and it's just like I know this is not the time for it, and this is talk for another time, maybe not even until after the All Star break. But man, with Dickinson not available anymore, and if they're still uncertain with Heedle, I, I think it might have to be a point where I again I don't know who's available. It might be possible that no one in this category would be even is does even exist, but it might have to be where you're going to have to look at people that are on two-year contracts for cheap and you're going to have to pay a little extra because I don't know if you've looked at it on cap friendly, but it is the center depth and trade deadline targets. It is bad. It is really, really bad because you're not getting stand That's not, that's not happening. You're probably not getting Lynn home. Um, again, it, when, when, if it's a guarantee, he's not coming back for the regular season. That's something else. But if it's, if it's, uh, if it's not a guarantee, it's it's a bit of an issue. Um, but Morgan I again Frost, yeah, like, like that'll happen. But I guess you could always go like you know, like I I'd say they could retain a third or like three way, but it, like it never actually happens because this is not like NHL twenty three. But if anyone has shown that they'll do just crazy cap gymnastics, it's Chris Drury. So who knows? I don't know what it, I don't know what it would be though. Like honestly, what would it be? I'd I'd I've been only looking at one years and I'd probably start this week uh, looking back at my list from the two years. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but 
Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll still this. I'll start uh, the stadium series jersey comes out. But anyway, it's getting late here. So we're going to end it off here. Uh, it's only 1230 at night. What are you talking about? Yeah, no. Only, only 1230 at night. That's it. Uh, anyway, anyways, uh, thank you to the listeners. And we will see you next time.